guys, welcome back to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service world. This week's podcast features Chef Christopher Ivans-Brown, Chief Culinary Officer with Eurus Dining and Compass Group, the largest contract food service company in the world and a great ProAct customer. For 25 years, Chef Chris has worked with Compass Group, and we discussed his work with them in regards to sustainability, namely how they're working to reduce food waste by 25% this year through initiatives like Stop Food Waste Day and Food with Purpose. You'll definitely want to stick around to hear his creative ideas on how to cut back food waste in the kitchen. I never knew that dehydrating fruit and turning it into powders was a thing, but hey, Chef Chris taught me something new. Before we get to his interview, let's start out with our market reports. Poor tomatoes just can't seem to catch a break for long. The overall supply situation continues to be very poor due to recent freezing and flooding in Mexico. Although Florida's harvest has improved, it's just not enough to offset Mexican shortfall, with demand far exceeding supply as Western buyers once again look east for relief. Supply on Roma, grape, and cherry tomatoes is critical. In Mexico, availability is not expected to improve until late March, with Florida improving by the end of February. It's definitely not a great time to make a cucumber tomato salad, as not only are tomatoes struggling, but cucumbers are as well. Demand exceeds supplies as weather is affecting supply of cucumbers in both Honduras and Mexico. California is expecting a heavy avocado yield this season, but growers are holding off harvest as much as they can as they're trying to offset the size curve and walk in step with the Mexican market. Speaking of the Mexican auto supply, supplies are extremely limited looking forward. There's just not enough fruit to fill demand, and we expect the current situation to get worse before we see relief. For now, number two grade 60 count and smaller size fruit is the best value. We'll definitely keep you posted, but for now, limit avocado use where possible. But hey, we always include some good news in market reports, and citrus is definitely that bright spot for us this week. Across the board, the citrus markets are really looking great on supply and quality. This goes for lemons, limes, and navels. Small size navels are the only exception as supplies remain snug. But overall, BRICS levels have been high and consistent at 12 to 14 percent. Seasonal specialty citrus such as mandarins, caracaras, bloods, and tangelos are in peak season and are just beautiful. Texas and California are also harvesting very nice quality grapefruits. It's really an awesome time to feature citrus, and I've had caracaras and bloods this season, and let me tell you, they're awesome. Lastly, to round out our market reports are green and red grapes, and their quality is looking excellent as Chile is approaching peak harvest. Good availability is expected to remain and then taper off as we approach mid-March. Mexico's crops experienced some freezing temps a couple weeks ago, so we may see some gaps between Chilean and Mexican fruit. For now, though, enjoy the excellent quality and steady prices of red and green grapes. That's all for market reports this week, guys. Now we're rolling into our interview with Chef Chris, who touches on how Compass is changing the face of sustainability in dining and his advice to chefs on how to keep sustainability at the forefront of their operation while also staying creative in the kitchen. Let's take a listen at what he had to say. Yeah, so I guess we can just get the ball rolling um, with you telling our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to work with Compass Group in Eurus Dining and kind of explain that dynamic for listeners um, out there who may not be familiar with the food service world. Uh, sure, yeah, absolutely. I um, I actually started training um, when I was 15, just shy of my 16th birthday. I was an apprentice for the Rue Brothers in London and mm-hmm. worked through their, their Michelin stars, Le Gavroche and 
Yeah, you definitely have a British accent, right? Yeah, (laughs) that was that was a long time ago. And um, (laughs) Compass Group acquired the Woo Fine Dining uh, locations or contract in London. Um, They wanted a fine dining arm, and uh, and I was really unknown to food service at that point because I was all about restaurants and young and right. Cocky and all the rest of it, and um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was running a restaurant in London when I was nineteen, twenty years old. I was with Holland and Amsterdam, and worked at five Brit Star hotels. Came back, and uh, all of a sudden, this company had taken over, and they asked me if I would go out to the states. And I was like, sure, yeah, well, you want to go to New York, Chicago, LA? They were like, Charlotte. I'm like, where on earth is Charlotte? <laughs> where is this? And, and you know, trust me, 25 years ago, Charlotte wasn't really on the map. Right. And uh, and so I went there, and, and I was uh, uh, it was one of our, our clients. Uh, it was one of our very first clients, who's now one of our global clients. Um, and I was executive chef there at the executive dining room, at the aviation and uh, daycare, and there's multi-units. And, uh, and, and then Compass just started to grow over here. Our competitors, obviously, are... You know, people who know our competitors are, but being the largest food service and number one food service in the world, and you know, over the last 24 years, mm-hmm. have grown to that magnitude. It's pretty impressive. I um, became the VP of Culinary for Compass North America, and then uh, I decided I want to get back in the trenches and really work with our operators. Uh, that was about 10, 14 years ago, and, and took mm-hmm. on the US division, which is actually European restaurants, it's short for European restaurants, mm-hmm. and uh, we run the gamut of business and industry. So um, I can apply my fine dining knowledge to that, and uh, became the chief culinary officer uh, for Compass and um, US uh, just a year or so ago. There you go. That was a uh, in a nutshell. Yeah, no, it was great. You know, I know reading up on you that you have a extensive history over in Europe. And then, of course, you said you came over to the States about 25 or so years ago and have been working with Compass. So to kind of create a visual for people, um, Compass is kind of the umbrella and then sitting underneath that is Eurist and then all of these other um, kind of conglomerates, yeah. right? Yeah, well, uh, we, we keep our, our different sectors, it's called sectorization. We keep them all very unique and they're special kind of in their special mm-hmm. way and their uniqueness. So restaurant associates, which restaurant associates, Bon Appetit, uh, mm-hmm. Flick, US is kind of like the mothership. That's and Wolfgang Puck, that's all the B and I of business and industry world. So but mm-hmm. Flick focuses on cultural centers, uh RA does cultural centers, museums, executive dining rooms, and then uh Bon Appetit does uh, higher education and uh, and that kind of deal, and museums again. And then Chartwells is our healthcare division, and then Morrison's Touchpoint uh, and uh, senior dining, obviously in health in the healthcare world. Canteen is vending. Uh, Levy is our sports and entertainment, uh, to name but a few. That's kind of the, the big ones. Great. Awesome, Chef Chris. And, you know, you said that you're the chief culinary officer with Eurus. And so you lead the Food with Purpose initiative. Um, I know Compass has been making great strides to put CSR at the forefront of what they do, corporate social responsibility. And so um, could you talk a bit about um, what the Food with Purpose initiative is and why it's important to Compass Group and yourself? Um, I think 
uh, Compass has been leading the way for many, many, many years in mm-hmm. the sustainability world. And I was very much involved in the uh, uh, the Seafood Watch program and initiating that from a Seafood Watch standpoint and mandating the Monterey Bay Aquarium guidelines. But over the last 10 or so years, we've really morphed and have become the leaders from uh, from local farmers to waste. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wanted to create a program because sustainability and wellness just wasn't very sexy. So I wanted to kind of make it sexy and fun. And, you know, people talk about wellness and it's kind of boring and calorie driven and they're kind of, they're sick of it. And uh, sustainability, they're, you know, kind of very much soapbox. And I really wanted to kind of, a food was created around storytelling. And, uh, and that's what the team did because there's so many wonderful stories from uh, the wellness and the sustainability right. standpoint. Uh, and that's what Food Repurpose is around. It's pedestaled on storytelling and being cool and hip, exciting and fun um, and not drab and preachy. And it really educates our customers and our teams in uh, in the field in North America. Well, that's great. And yeah, I know um, sustainability isn't, and wellness is not, like you said, the most sexy thing that's out there right now, but it is very important. And so I think that it's great that, you know, you guys are really spearheading that. And so what are kind of some of the things that you do under that Food with Purpose initiative? Like, how are you guys driving that change within your supply chain with that initiative? You know, Food Boys works very closely with all the culinary leaders of our organization, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, including yourselves at Proact and Produce. And, right. You know, whether it's our Indian, uh, um, IDP Produce Program or our local farmers, there's two main initiatives. We've obviously got the, the Seafood Watch, antibiotic-free poultry. Um, yeah, the, we have scorecards, and a lot of this ties into a lot of our clients' kind of drive as well for reducing plastics and plastic bottles mm-hmm. uh you know it just goes on and on and on and 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 we have to kind of cover the gamut so that when uh, a client requests or is interested we have some simple form of an answer you know a big one right now is definitely reducing the amount of plastics and plastic bottles in our accounts uh, but mm-hmm. you know, from a food standpoint, we're really driving more plant forward and more vegan, vegetarian, or flexitarian right. options. Um, and I just saw that in the UK actually very heavily driven around uh, veganism, which uh, kind of blew my mind. Uh, right. Playing a Heathrow into London, and I saw vegan everywhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been around for a while here, but it's very much been uh, kind of crawling up on us and now i think plant forward is very much on on the horizon and i think the, and the, the big the biggest initiative for us right now and globally mm-hmm. uh is uh stop uh is waste and reducing right. waste being the largest food service company in the world you know we have the opportunity to make a massive difference and uh, uh yeah but so yeah waste is probably the best with uh, the creation of stop food waste day which actually companies actually created yeah. Right. Yeah. I was actually going to mention that, um, you know, you just said food waste has become, you know, huge for you guys and waste in general. Um, and Compass Group actually set a goal of reducing waste by 25% this year. So what steps is Compass taking to reach this goal? You mentioned that Stop Food Waste Day and 
you're absolutely correct. Being the biggest um, food service company in the world, you guys have a huge opportunity to make an impact. I mean, it comes down to all of our great operators at the end of the day. You know, they, they it's about awareness for them. It's about awareness, awareness for our clients and customers. And, you know, we can put, you know, we put recipes out there, which are cross-utilization production records within our recipe portfolio um, on you know, exactly amount how much we need to produce uh, utilization mm-hmm. of that product, um, whether it's next day, that day. Um, and then, you know, we've also been driving for the last two years, um, zero waste recipes, only utilize every possible means of every ingredients, whether it's the broccoli, the broccoli stems of broccoli, or you know, doing different things with uh, these ingredients and not just throwing them in the, in the dumpster. Um, so, you know, and it comes down to cooking practices as well, like dehydration or rehydration and freeze drying and, uh, you know, it's just sort of, sort of just trying to utilize as much as we possibly can. Um, right. It's that waste by the astounding number that we put up here. What do you think is the biggest hurdle being so large and having all of these different, you know, facets to compass and, Having so many employees, how how does Compass take on this educational piece of educating, you know, their employees, and then by default the customers that come in to um, enjoy the food? Uh, we have, a, I mean, we have a great infrastructure, and then we have a great uh, corporate support team, uh, mm-hmm. and our, uh, our envision team is what they're called, and uh, they, you know, they. They put together as much information for our QBRs and our managers as they possibly can. Amy Keister, who's the Senior Vice President of Sustainability, and her team uh, are constantly running around the country and teaching clients, talking to clients. So they're giving us all the tools uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, whether it's schools or healthcare or B&I. They're all, they're all the same but different. Um, but it's still different facets, so to speak. But um, it does, does tend to move slowly sometimes, but it actually moves a lot yeah. than you would imagine. So, so any advice that you personally can give to food service professionals surrounding waste and sustainability practices? Uh, just be educated um, mm-hmm. and absorb as much. And we try not to do so much in one go just pick one thing because there's so much out there so <laughs> pick seafood right. to start with or pick produce and farmers and uh, uh or dairy or poultry but pick one thing at a time and educate yourself in what's out there there's, there's a lot of experts there's a lot of intelligence out there but take one thing at a time uh, then you'll be able to make an impact trying to do too much is uh, it's never going to work so uh, you know and it's amazing that you know everyone holds hand service world is uh, whether you're restauranters or hoteliers, uh, food service, it's a very small world. and uh, We all hold hands mm. together. The impact that we can make is quite uh, outstanding. Um, and we saw a lot of great results in our sustainable seafood program. That's great. Surrounding waste, definitely common sense and, you know, no complacency and really that uh, urge to educate your line cooks. Um, and your sous chefs and your front of house team and, and then your customer base. So know that everyone's on board with it and you can't do it on right. your own. So it's definitely a team effort. Um, 
And so kind the, of like weaving that into the fabric of what their restaurant is and kind of yeah. like what their purpose is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of you know, chain fast casual restaurants have you know, very tight production records and recipes. And, you know, but when it comes down to more uh, independence, um, there's a little bit more flexibility mm-hmm. there. So there's more opportunity. Right. So I think uh, I think just taking a look at your whether you're a restaurant, hotel, food center, your, your operation and uh, assessing, look, where can we do better here? Can we do better, better in disposables and reductions, disposables, or how much production are we doing? What are we throwing away? What's in the trash? I mean, many, many, many years ago, uh, when I was training with Albert Roux, Albert would basically go through the trash cans, believe it or not, and uh, he would tip it out. It's his money, you know, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So you've got to put you've got to put it into that perspective, especially if you own your own restaurant. How much money is going away? Um, right. That could be quite utilized, you know, whether you're taking, you know, grapes, you know, that are starting to tarnish slightly, and you wouldn't use them on a cheese platter or whatever, maybe using grapes on, or a salad or a particular dish, and you could dehydrate them in a very cheap dehydrator or even a very low oven, and. Uh, by morning, you will have the most glorious golden raisins you will ever eat in your entire life. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's simple things like that, or olives that, you know, that may dehydrate and you make powders, flavor pasta dishes, and, you know, I could go on and on and on. But just start thinking outside the box, having fun with it in your restaurant, hotels. And that's what we've done with, I mean, we run, you know, U.S. alone runs 200 locations. So, kind of tasking our chefs and challenging our chefs. Now, how can you reduce your cost by food cost waste by a whole point or two points? What can you do in your kitchen? Because you're running restaurants in, in all essence. And then they make a team effort of it within their operation. So when we run national competitions as well, we want them to have fun simultaneously and not just like stand on our soapbox and preach. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of part of it is making it fun. And then also you brought up like at the end of the day, it's his money that he's throwing away. And I think that's a really good point because food's expensive, you know, and it's expensive to run a restaurant. And um, what would you say, um, you know, I was going to ask you how you how would you encourage chefs to stay creative in the kitchen while also keeping all of these facets of sustainability at the forefront of the operation? Because we have mentioned there are so many different things you could focus on and Instead of, you know, trying to eat the entire elephant, you got to take it one bite at a time when it comes to sustainability. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, well, sustainability can be a little pricey in, in mm-hmm. all retrospect. So you've got to try and utilize, you know, so let's take a look at produce and, you know, look at everything else and look at produce and where you're buying and how you're supporting the local farmers, whether you're buying organic or local mm-hmm. But then what are you doing with that cauliflower or that broccoli or that? rutabago and are you utilizing you know whether it's a pineapple and you're utilizing you know you're buying crownless pineapples and just you peeling the skin and utilizing the core and making you know doing something with the core of the pineapple rather than throwing it away and you can pickle it um mm-hmm. mix it with jicama and do a pickled pineapple uh core or that'd be interesting that can... <laughs> yeah we've done it so um <laughs> No, you could pickle it, do a hot pickle, and uh, pickle the core of it. It cooks down, and uh, same as a broccoli core. You can peel off and kind of julienne that and mix it in 
good hospital and how much are you throwing away that can be used in some shape or form i get the the pineapple skins can't necessarily be used for anything mm-hmm. much or you could you know marinate them with water and do a pineapple water you could get watermelon rinds you could pickle mm-hmm. watermelon rinds i'm just taking your stuff off the top of my head right now so um yeah it's just yeah outside of the box and how much you possibly use from a fruit and vegetable standpoint and then if you can't use it or if you've got stuff left what could you do with it if you've got strawberries that are starting to turn again i use mm-hmm. dehydrate i use a dehydrator where i possibly can especially when it comes to fruit and drying it and then you get powders and i did that back in the days in london and i took orange mm-hmm. peel instead of taking the when i took the peel off of the orange and i dried it in the oven and then uh blitzed it and i uh, ended up with orange powder <laughs> with flavor my tomatoes and with orange and thyme or put into a pasta dish or whatever it may be but you know instead of throwing that and orange powder today is very expensive you want to go and try and buy it in a uh, specialty store so just, just make your own <laughs> just make your own yeah i mean literally you're peeling <laughs> the skin off anyway instead right. of throwing it in the, in, the, in the rubbish bin just throw it into a onto a sheet pan and into a very low oven and, and, and dry it out. There you go. Pretty simple. Definitely take uh, working with your local farmers and and uh, and produce to start with. And then because seafood is very deep, that's a yeah. whole other ball game. And then poultry right. uh, again and again and again. And you're, you're tackling two things with one with, with produce because not only are you jumping on the very hot trend of uh, plant forward, uh, but you're also jumping on, you know, we eat a lot of produce and uh, fruit and vegetables can be utilized in multiple different ways. Right. So uh, I would tackle that one. I think a lot of it is just opening your mind up to all these different, you know, interesting things like dehydrating, you know, strawberries yeah. and grinding them into a powder, like just being willing to try new things, you know, you never know what works until you try it. <laughs> so yeah. what would you, what would you say to someone who says, well, I know it won't work or I don't have the time or. Well, and how do you utilize produce more efficiently? <laughs> yeah. Just how, how to take someone who may be a naysayer about the need for sustainable practices and, you know, get them to inter- at least interested in hopping on, you know, this quote-unquote bandwagon. <laughs> well, I would definitely go online. Uh, there's a lot of it on social media, and you can pull up pretty much anything. Uh, you know, we have a whole portfolio of compostors of, uh, of uh, insight and on-site in our, on our websites. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you really want to, you know, go out there, pull it up, and read for yourself um, you know, on what we're doing to our planet um, in multiple different avenues, you know, from the oceans and you know the risk from an ocean standpoint mm-hmm. most of our big fish most of our big fish could be gone by the year 2048 which is a pretty scary fact uh, yes. it's only 20, 28 years ago from here right. so you know we are you know pillaging our earth uh filling it full of chemicals and you know we just need to take a stop and deep breath but well, look, do the insight do the research it's it's all out there for you know everyone to see but Try not to bite off too much in one go. That will give you more focus. <laughs> right. Um, if you try and bite off too much, then you're going to lose faith. But if you do one thing at a time, you're going to accomplish a lot more. Right. Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither is sustainable practices in the kitchen. <laughs> so 
just to wrap up here and refocus on Compass Group, what do you want to leave listeners with in regards to how Compass Group is changing the face of sustainable dining? Uh, we're trying to. I mean, we're holding hands with our business partners, um, with our food buy team, and what we purchase and how we purchase. We hold hands with our clients uh, and our very important clients and customers uh, globally. Um, specifically in North America, uh, we have some amazing clients, and uh, in all walks of life, we eat mm-hmm. like nine million meals a day, something insane like that. That's insane. Um, <laughs> it's a big number. So uh, yeah, I mean, we as a big, you know, everyone goes well, you know, the big collaborative guys. Well, no, we 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 may be a big company, but we operate like a small local company, um, right? And uh, Complacency is not in our vocabulary, and uh, we're a very humble company. Uh, that's why I'm very proud to be one of the culinary leaders for Compass Group. And they truly are a food company, but also a people company. Um, mm-hmm. And we care, we care about people, we care about food, and we care about the earth. And we realize that we can make um, a big difference. And uh, hopefully, just this last 20 minutes will. Uh, help a few people go out and uh, do some research so they can make a difference as well. Again, as I right. said earlier, earlier, that food service industry is a very small world and uh, if we all hold hands together, we can make a massive difference. I wholeheartedly agree with Chef Chris that it definitely takes a village to tackle sustainability initiatives throughout the supply chain. And ProAct is proud to have Compass Group as a customer who takes sustainability to heart and strives to create a better supply chain. So thank you to Chef Chris for chatting with me, and I can't wait to see Compass achieve that 25% reduction in food waste this year. That's all for this week, guys. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, and follow us on social media for all that recipe inspiration and more. I hope you all have a great week, and as always, stay fresh.